Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. Basically, on no sleep, I'm trying to get this podcast out, but I did want to say congratulations to Long Island's own Aljamain, the funk master Sterling, who is now the undisputed bantamweight champion of the UFC. I am just getting back from a a great but long weekend in Jacksonville, Florida with some amazing people. So I got to get together with a lot of uh, current friends that are in the real estate business, marketing business, just good people, smart people, really good, like under the radar humble dudes that are just absolutely brilliant and crushing entrepreneurship, marketing, real estate, and business in general. And it was really nice to be able to get together with them and do something non-business related and have some fun and get some people in there that have been friends of the podcast for a while that I haven't gotten to get much one-on-one time with and personal time with, such as Josh Hines and David Perret. Definitely check them out. Those are freaking good dudes. Delmar Cross, Brian Hansen, Francis Abrola, Good, good, good dudes. So check them out, Real Advisors. Hoping to have all of them on the podcast as well. Josh is way taller than I thought he was via computer. So uh, he came on. We had a really good time going out there. And they bought some really good dudes from their GoBundance Mastermind as well. Uh, David Prey is just a freaking awesome guy. Such a good, easy dude to hang out with. Great energy. No agenda. Just, dude, just awesome. As, as real as they come, as good as they come. Easy, fun, straight shooter. My kind of guy, just, we just get along really easily. And, you know, it's, uh, it's always awesome when you know people virtually and then you go and you, you hang out with them and you just feel like you've known them forever. And that's kind of where I was at. The second I saw Josh, I was like, I feel like I know this dude forever. You know, me and David just seem to get along really easily. And all those other guys like Domar and Brian Francis, I've known for a while. And all the new people they bought them were great. And more importantly, got to spend some time with uh, people that I love and respect very much. Al, Raging Ally, Quinta. Chris Weidman, Ray Longo, uh, they had some of the other crew out there, Marab, Dennis Bermudez, and uh, a whole bunch of other really impressive people. Got to meet Megaton Diaz, Mackenzie Dern, you know, so a bunch of the UFC fighters, and uh, a lot of those guys on the business side really look up to and admire and are fans of Longo and Weidman and Al and Marab and all those guys. So it was really cool to get those guys all together and to see some of the synergies that they have and, you know, hopefully open some doors for, you know, Al and Rob and Ray and Chris and, and those guys to cross paths or figure out how to collaborate on some stages or marketing channels or whatever for a mutually beneficial relationship with Brian and Francis and David and all those guys too. So I think that there's some real good synergies and business opportunities, entrepreneurs and athletes, especially fighters seem to get along really well. And I tried to be very careful about which ones I bought around because they are not all created equal. And you want to make sure that when you kind of mix that bunch out, that they all get along. And they, they did. And that was really cool. You know, sometimes the fights are really tense. and There's a lot of a lot of stress going on. And you never know, like, if you're going to be able to hang out with guys or not, depending on the city, depending on kind of what's happening, how the people are feeling, how the, how the you know, COVID stuff, who knows what's going on with that, you know, how the team's feeling, how the fighters feeling, what the days are, what the time zones are. So I mean, there's times you go out there, you get to spend a lot of time with these guys, and there's other times that, that you don't, and you never really just, you don't want to push anything because you, you're you not there 
for them. Everybody's there for the fighter. Everybody's there to make sure, you know, in this case, it was Aljo, you know, whatever he needs, that's, that's the priority. So everything else is kind of secondary, but this time it wound up really good. You know, we got to hang out, spend some time together both nights and, uh, and the energy was just good. Everybody seemed like they were in a good place, good energy, you know, not excessive stress for what was happening in the situation. And, uh, you know, it, just, it felt good and it turned into a good night for Aljo. And I just love that, man. And this dude went out there, put on a great performance. And uh, I'm watching people still on social media and on different chats, stuff that I'm in, give him shit and still be haters on his performance. And uh, especially if you are a fighter or you train any sort of martial arts and you're trashing other fighters that are out there competing, I think it's a bad look for sure. You know, I wouldn't do it. Anybody who's out there competing on a jiu-jitsu stage or especially in fighting, never mind the UFC, in fighting Peter Young, like one of the most dominant champions that there are, and having the most dominant performance that they, against pretty much anybody in a very long time have had. The guy who holds records, he's choking out Corey Sanhagen. He took this dude's back for like almost 10 straight minutes, very close first round. And you want to pick on him and the guy that everybody was saying for the last 14 months didn't even deserve to be there. It was a fluke. Keeping in mind, again, going back there, dude did nothing wrong. He got fouled. People made him feel bad about it. And he kind of embraced that role. But regardless, guy put on a good fight. He's the one who was fouled. He wasn't the ref. He wasn't the cheater in the situation. And people still made Petey on the, the, the good guy and Alger the bad guy. And now he goes in there and he puts on a great performance. And regardless, even if the controversy is just round one, which I don't think Peter Young did anything personally. I'd have to go back and look at it. But being there, I was shocked that it was a split decision. So I, I don't think that that was the way it was. But in fairness, let's say it was, just for argument's sake. And then Aljo gets one of those rounds, 10-8, maybe two of those rounds of 10-8. Even if you wanted to say it was a draw, that was a guy that everybody said, well, he's a clown, he's going to be in there. So... At what point do you just accept the fact that you just don't like him for whatever reason? So you're looking for things to pick on and just respect him as an athlete and as a competitor and a guy who went on there and had a freaking awesome performance under a lot of pressure with a lot of eyes hoping he was going to fail and go out there and do what he did against a top ranked guy like that. And people have no fucking idea how good those guys are at that level. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, not only an amateur versus a professional, but a UFC fighter versus your average professional fighter, and then a top-ranked championship-level UFC fighter. It is just unbelievable. So to go out there and do that, I think he's awesome. I appreciate it. I respect it. And I'm not going to go in there and trash PDR because I respect him too because that guy's up there doing some, some stuff and putting himself on the line and going out there and delivering. I don't like the way he handled himself personally on it, but you know what? It, you know, it, it is what it is. You can't always do that. But as a fighter and as a competitor and as an athlete, absolutely. That's a freaking dangerous man and a dominant champion. And, uh, you know, he's a one percenter in there. So, you know, one of those things. So a little bit of a rant here, but I'm very proud of Alger. I'm so happy for Ray Longo, one of the freaking best guys out there, man. I can't say enough good things about him. And just to see him out there just doing his thing in the corner and all the love and respect that he's been getting online and you know, through the Anik Florian podcast, they tried to say what's up to John Anik. Uh, so it, it didn't go great. But hello, John Anik. And I got to meet Laura Sanko and some of the people that are hopefully coming on the podcast soon. So great experience. It was a great weekend. And I obviously it was all topped off because Alja won the title. So regardless of anybody thinks or says, that dude is now the undisputed UFC champion. And he went out there and he earned it. And he earned it the hard way. And I'm very proud of him. And I'm very happy for him and the entire team. 
and again, not to get so off track, but if you watch that video where they announced the winner and they announced that, that Aljo won and you see his guys in the ring with him, the cage with him, and you see how happy they are for him. They are literally jumping up and down, screaming, smiling, the definition of ecstatic for their friend and training partner. And that's the thing I love about MMA and jiu-jitsu specifically is you watch these guys. One of them is in his division, literally top five with him in the division, and they're just so happy for their friend. And that kind of support is just rare in life, and I feel like more and more of that needs to happen. And, uh, man, I just – I. I can't say enough good things about the camaraderie in the community that I have seen, continue to see, and experience myself over the years through jujitsu and MMA and martial arts. And uh, that was just another example of it, of just, you know, these guys are there. And at the end of the day, you, you look at other stuff and people's success and people hate on it, but that was just not the case. And that's why I think, again, coming from the top down, the Ray Longo and Matt Serra crew, it comes from them down. So good leadership. They'll get some good soldiers in there and then they'll pass that on. So I'm very happy to be involved in those groups, be part of those guys and call out of them friends. And I, I appreciate all of them. And I appreciate all of you for this little bit of extended intro, but I thought it was important to add it on and to just get back here. And now we're going to kick it off with an amazing episode of the A Game Podcast. All right, my guest today on the A Game Podcast is Sonia Ray. Sonia is somebody I've known for a long time now. She's got a uh, multifaceted, diverse background and a really great story of the stuff she's done in the past, how she's overcome them and how she's got where she is today. She is an absolute master of CRM. She's amazing at people. She's an acquisition specialist. She's worked for some of the biggest names in real estate that you probably know and heard about and follow and love. And she really is an interesting person as far as being able to know the ins and outs of how to work around the basic principles that you're taught from a sales background and a script perspective on how you work through talking to people and getting to the pain points in your scripts as an acquisition specialist, but also knowing when to abandon that a little bit and how to really read people in situations. So it's a fine line. It's an art. And she is truly an artist of being able to balance both of those out. She also is a disciplinary and habitual master as well for the health side of that as well. So it all works in together. Again, I say how you do anything is how you do everything. And she has such great self-discipline of being able to master things to keep her accountable, working at home, follow structure, put together routines such as 75 hard. She does the ice plunges and she documents all of her sales calls, a lot of the training she does for other people and all the stuff she puts herself through every morning to hold herself accountable by jumping into a, an ice bath or Again, doing the 75 hard or following the things that she talks about. So I love watching her talking to her. She definitely practices what she preaches. And I've had some offline conversations through as well that she has helped me in my business on working through some obstacles and things I had on, on the acquisition side of the business. So very much appreciate her. Um, she's been great to me. I always like talking to her. I always like learning from her. And it was great to have her on the podcast. So if you are not familiar with her, definitely check the show notes and give her a follow because she's got a very entertaining, very inspirational, and very educational and helpful Instagram profile to follow. So you can get her on that. As always, this episode is brought to you in part by Nationwide Business Capital Group. So go to nicknicknick.com slash links for all the ways to follow this podcast and all the ways to interact and find us on social media. Under that affiliates page on that exact link, you will see Get Me Money. So click on that, get some money from Marianne at Nationwide Business Capital Group. Whether you're new, beginner, or advanced, if you are looking for money for your real estate deals, whether money for you starting out 
or if you already have some lenders, but you're looking for some more competitive rates and terms for more money and cheaper money, Marianne can help you with your residential, with your commercial, with your development deals, with your construction loans, with your refinances, whether it may be fix and flips, buy and holds, burrs, whatever it may be. They are the go-to for all of that. So definitely give her a call or email her directly through our site, nicknicknick.com slash links under affiliates. And while you're there, check out Reva Global, Zachary Babcock, and Naked Warrior Recovery CBD while you are at it. Also, once you get some money from Marianne, we would love to do some real estate together. So please reach out to me. You can text me directly, 516-540-5733 and say, I want to do some real estate, whether you're looking for your first deal or for your next deal. We can work together whether you buy properties from me, sell properties to me, or find a way to have a conversation to partner up on some level, some shape, some size. Give me a text. Let's get on a conversation and figure out how we can work together. And last but certainly not least, if you are a real estate investor, whether it be a wholesaler, a real estate broker, or real estate agent, if you're looking for a way to bring more value to your buyers, check out our free checklist on how to do that. NickNickNick.com slash bigger pockets. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to this podcast. I think Sonia Ray is an absolutely awesome person to talk to and learn from. I think you're going to get a lot out of this podcast. Thank you, Sonia, for coming on. And thank all of you guys for listening. Hey, Game Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My guest today on the A-Game Podcast is a master of real estate, a master of people, a ninja on CRMs, excellent at sales, and is now newly a sales trader that we're going to talk a little bit more about. She's worked with some of the biggest names in the real estate acquisition world. She has an outstanding social media, so definitely check the links to follow her because you can see tips and experiences not only in real estate and sales, but more importantly in health, life, and discipline for, through such things as reading, ice baths, and personal health and development challenges such as 75 Hard and so much more. She's been a big help to me in my life and my business, watching her, talking to her, and following her. You guys are going to love this hour. Thank you for being here, and welcome to the A-Game Podcast, Sonia Ray. Hey, thank you. Welcome. Wow, that's a, that's a pretty cool introduction there. So for people that are not 100% familiar with you, you have an amazing backstory for where you were and where you are now. So give the people a little bit of a snapshot of who you are and where you came from. Holy moly. Jeez Louise. So... <laughs> Uh, I, I got into like this, this business, I've been wanting to get into this business for a while now. And uh, I, I totally, utterly botched it up and doing a fix and flip back in the day. Uh, my ex, uh, my ex, but at that time was my husband. He was, a uh, he did contract and remodeling and I was just like, all right, I'm watching all these TV shows, HGTV. I got all these books. I'm like, oh, we could totally do that. We could fix and flip. I knew the numbers. I had everything out detailed. I'm like, we got this. It gave me a new appreciation on how much, how much goes into play with doing those things, but totally lost everything. Our house went into foreclosure. He lost his job. I got utterly sick. Um, long story short, that end of things ended up losing everything. And we ended up living on our fix and flip for a while. Uh, during that time, uh, I ended up finding out after a year of different testing and stuff like that, I was uh, diagnosed uh, with lupus, which is an autoimmune disease where your body basically attacks itself. Um, and that was very difficult because at that point of time, I was very, very close to bedridden, not being able to do anything, like just even like making a dinner for my family, I would have to literally grab a chair and sit it right in front of the oven so I can cook or just do a crock pot thing or just something. It was really bad. 
And then after that, once I started getting a little bit better with things, I ended up getting another different kind of odd autoimmune thing, which is called a uh, complex regional pain syndrome. And it actually ended, I ended up in a wheelchair for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy ass thing. It's where you're basically, um, your nerve receptors, your pain receptors are just going wild and they just keep multiplying and multiplying. It came from like a weird accident I had. I call it my senior moment, um, in the bathroom. Cause I fell, but I got up cause I had my, I had my little one there and I'm like, Oh, I can't see. I, I don't want her to freak out. Um, but I ended up breaking the, the top part of my foot. So I know people can't, it's like, I broke right here on my foot area. And then from there, it just got worse and worse. And I've never had anything broken. So I didn't know that was normal. I'm like, wow, my legs hurting. This is hurting. And then my legs started changing colors. Look like, yeah. <laughs> and when I say changing colors, it just looked like, so my expression was my one leg looked like it went to Hawaii and my other leg stayed home. So it got really tan. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Cause with lupus, I, I wasn't able to be out in the sun anymore. It would, it would actually drain my energy really, really bad. I'm a lot better with it now. Um, like I have different clothing like this is like SPF 50 clothing and stuff like that. Um, I learned how different products you can actually put in your hair because like if you don't have an SPF 50 hat, you're still getting the sunbeams, you know, so you can get this spray, you can do that. And then there's makeup that has the SPF 50. So I've, I've learned a lot of different tricks throughout, throughout everything and, and becoming like, nobody would even know. So, um, anyhow, uh, back to, uh, yeah, I ended up in a wheelchair because the pain was so bad. I was in constant ongoing pain. I had nerve block injection treatments. Um, like they had me on all these different pain pills all the time. It made me just utterly sick. I mean, literally, um, I, I wanted my life to end because it was terrible. I, I hated my family seeing me like that just being in constant pain and there was nothing I could do. And then basically by the grace of God, I literally found something on YouTube um, where they had talked about this experimental thing that could help with this kind of, uh, we'll call it disease. Um, and uh, I, I found a place that did it that was actually happened to be in my town, was a 25 minute drive away. I went through six months of treatment and it was like, in and out visits of uh, at the at the office where they had to like do all these IVs and I hate I, despite my tattoos I hate <laughs> I hate them with the passion and, and nurses I don't know why they see my 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 arm they're like oh yeah this is gonna be awesome we're gonna get all this blood and we're gonna get you just fine and they roll they collapse they do all this fun stuff and literally I need like one of those army style nerve nurses that that's been in the in the field they can just get it right in right out because a lot of times people use a pin cushion i've literally seen an iv get thrown out of my arm it, they didn't put things right in it yeah it flew it was crazy stuff so but anyways back to real estate <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i don't even know how i stumbled upon with wholesaling but after the experience with the fix and flip and we basically lost everything and I felt terrible about that, I, I saw like with wholesaling, like a lot less risk, like, you know, it's just more of, you got to put more time and effort into things versus like investing a whole bunch of money. 
So I'm like, cool, I've got the time. I can learn this, this and it's sales. I can do this because before I was in doing the wholesaling thing, I was um, a precious metals, uh, gold and silver on the phone uh, doing that kind of sales. And then before that, I'd done mortgages. But yeah, I started doing that. I used to go to like meetups. Uh, my first one was a... Uh, uh, I went to that, that my first real big event was, was Sean Terry, basically the godfather of wholesaling and such like that. And uh, I just, I really wanted to get into things that I just didn't have the, the money. And like, even for a small bit of time, a lot of people don't know, uh, I used to do their sales part for education and selling their education. So, um, one of my first, uh, one of my first guys, he's actually made it pretty big and his son, uh, Charles and Willie. So, and that's been pretty neat seeing that whole journey of things. Um, and then uh, I, I, I still attempted making it out there. You know, I'm in Arizona, guru capital. And oh my gosh, like getting somebody on the phone out here was really tough because everybody is calling them. And I just kept going at it, going at it. And then I remembered I had watched this webinar and uh, this one lady was like, you know, hey, I have all these leads and I don't have the time to call them. I was like, I'm like, Hey, I know you don't know me that well. And I reached out to them. I'm like, Hey, I know you don't know me that well, but give me a shot. Give me an opportunity. I'll work for free. I just want to be able to start talking to people on the phone and getting that experience. Cause that was the most important thing to me. And they're like, sure, we'll give it a shot. What do they have to lose? Um, so started calling their leads. Uh, we had no CRM system. You're basically just using an Excel uh, Google spreadsheet. That's how we kept track of everything. That was really, really fun. So we're doing that. <laughs> so literally, I mean, it, like, and it's so true. Like when, they, when you hear people say, guys, you don't need to have a system to do the stuff. You don't need to have a system. You just need to do it. Um, it might not be the best or effective way, but it is getting done. That's the biggest thing. So, and even before we did that, they were doing stuff in a notebook. So nice. again, like stuff can be done. Um, long story short there, ended up uh, locking up my first deal with them was $30,000. And then we were off to the races and I, I had worked with them for a little while, but things got a little chaotic because they were still new to the business and a lot of things just wasn't going right. So I was just like, and then my health was getting affected. And I'm very big on that. Like, I do a lot of things to make sure that I stay like at peak. Like most, like you say, most people don't even know that I've had any of these challenges. Like, you know, you see me, you know me, I'm like, like they did nothing wrong with you. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was only the case. And there's a lot of stuff that I do to make sure that I stay on point. Like I'm up early in the morning. I'm doing a lot of mental things in the morning. You know, I'm reading my daily stoic. I'm reading the daily loss. I'm diving into Proverbs. I'm meditating. I wake up with gratitude. And the other thing too, is as soon as I wake up with that gratitude, my hands over my heart and just saying, thank you. Because there was times where I would wake up and I was in so much pain or just not be able to do anything. And that was really difficult. Like you can have all the time in the world, but if you don't have your health and if you don't have that energy to do anything with that time, it doesn't mean anything. So yeah, and that's my mornings are very much dedicated to taking care of that side for me mentally. That's why you see me doing those, those ice baths in the morning, like, and that bad boy, 
it is at, it's going, I'm doing it between 44 and 45 degrees now. So nice. when we were talking, uh, I think I was at 46 and I'm like, all right, I'm going to crank it down. And it went down two degrees and you feel it every time it goes down a degree. It might not be a big deal, but oh, you can feel it. You can feel it. At least at 45, I was getting really close with staying underwater, holding my breath for a minute. And then now with it being colder, it's a bit of a more challenge because <laughs> like you can feel it in your head, but it's a rush too. It is a big rush. So. That's incredible. You know, I've, I've known you for years. I didn't know a lot of that stuff was happening. So you're absolutely right. You know, you don't, I think a big thing is, you know, you talk to some people and it's like, how are you? Oh man, my nails are too long. My foot hurts. My shoes are wet. The sky is blue. The dog is hairy. Like everything they can think of they'll give you the reason of like why it's like a bad thing. And then you, you meet people that really have issues and really have problems and shit they're dealing with. And it's like, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? Like, you don't hear about like all the little things in there, you know? And I, I think it's a big thing. There's like, some people think their problems are big problems and it's just because they haven't had any real problems. And people like you and I that have had those, it puts you in a place of a lot more gratitude of the days that just you're not dealing with those basic things anymore, just to survive comfortably or not be in pain 24 hours a day or, you know, like you said, you know, having to having to live in your flip or whatever it may be. So my my question, I guess, leading off of that is, is that a mindset that you've always had? Or did your experience of going through those tough times teach you to be more appreciative and grateful of those times? I want to say a little bit of both. Um, I had to say more of the experience of going through it, you know, and something I'd opened up to as well when Ryan Stuman had had that closer uh, contest, you know, I shared a bit more too of like my back backstory of just, you know, my childhood and stuff like that and how I had even grown up. Um, and even during those times, it's like, you just grow up that way. You don't think it's anything different or, or tough or, or whatever. And then you start talking to other people like, oh yeah, I have a mom and a dad and this and that. And, and it's like, oh, okay. But I just, I don't even think about it. And sound yeah. like you had some appreciation of it before because you never even realized that maybe your situation wasn't normal. Yeah, some, I had some of it, but I think after these other like big life experiences, that's when I really, really became a lot more grateful. Like I, I um, about a year ago, I reached out to my stepdad um, because after my mom had left when I was 16, um, you know, I stayed with him. And you know, we don't have the best relationships now, but back then it was just like, I'm just really grateful. Like he was in my life and he, he did like, I don't want to say keep me, but he did keep me, <laughs> you know, he didn't just leave. So, I mean, that takes a lot for a man to, you know, not even in a man that's not, that's, you're not even that person's actual father, but to step up into that position and do that. So I just like nowadays, like I have a lot more, you know, gratitude for that before growing up. I, I really didn't. I was kind of appalled at times. So I'll admit it. So. Yeah, I think we've been there. I, I generally look back a lot and I think of like all the times I was just a handful and a crappy, unappreciative, bratty kid to my parents and I'm going to feel guilty about it forever. So I try to make up for it. But, you know, I think like you said, you know, it's uh we'll talk about this probably on the mentorship side of it too, the way that you, you talk to clients and take it on your own. But sometimes your parents tell you things that, are generally there for your best interest and to protect you and to help you from the mistakes that they've made or the things they wish they did different. 
and you're just so stubborn and young and naive and just like angry at life or confused or whatever, you listen to the wrong people. You don't take the good advice, even though it's meant for your own good. And I think on the business side, you probably had a lot of people too, that you give advice to for like, this is how you'll make money. Don't do this. You'll lose money. And they just do it anyway. It's like kind of right. a crazy thing, you know? So it's the whole cycle. You know? <laughs> yeah, a lot of us like to learn the hard way. You know, you'd rather have your head bashed up against the wall a couple of times and you finally learn or, you know, just listen and be like, oh, wow, thanks. Yeah, you're right. Yes, exactly. And one of my favorite quotes is, uh, I cried when I had no shoes till I met the man with no feet. And I think that summarizes a lot of kind of what you and I've been through in life is, you know, you don't even realize and then you lose it and you go, man, I'm just, I'm just happy for this, just for whatever right. happens. Things could be so much worse. You know, you don't realize that everybody, everybody lives their lives going, I wish things were better. I wish things were better. I wish things were better. But at some point something happens and you go, wow, I'm, I'm really happy that it didn't turn out to be these other 50 things that would have been a million times worse, you know? And it's, uh, unfortunately, I think too many people wait until they're in a situation where they're forced to be proactive and it's too late versus trying to just be appreciative of what they have now. And I'm constantly trying to have conversations with people to smack that into their head. But it's like you said, they have to be ready for it, just experience it themselves. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is like every so often I'll, I'll kind of like reflect back a bit. And like, I love like my car. I love my car. Uh, I love my Hellcat. I mean, and that that's like, that thing gives me the, the goosebumps every time I like even talk about it or whatnot, because that's literally the car I manifested. Like no BS, no bullshit. I told everybody last year, I'm like, I, I do, if I hit a million in sales, like I'm going to get me a Hellcat. And I knew exactly I wanted this black Hellcat. I wanted red, black interior and bonus if it had a stick shift. <laughs> garage right there but anyhow what I was saying is like, I was just reflecting back of like when I was younger and back <laughs> this is kind of funny like I used to have I don't even remember what kind of car it was but I had this car it was black and white and it was it was black and white because it had oxidated so bad that from it wasn't it was before a black car but it, it had oxidated so bad it's just like black and white and the driver's seat had lost like screws or something, or I don't know what was going on with it, but it was literally held up by a milk crate in the back. So it's just interesting to remember and see where I was at one period of time where I'm driving a black and white cow with a milk crate holding my driver's seat in place versus my Hellcat now. I think that that's outstanding. You know, you, you touched on a few things that I didn't know how deep we were going to go with it, but I'm, I'm kind of really into it now. So I'm kind of on my book. The, <laughs> the mindset side of stuff, as much as people don't want to hear it, usually the people that just don't know any better yet, they haven't had enough business, they don't understand how important that part is. Two sides of what you're talking about, I find fascinating. One, being that you grew up, maybe not in a position, obviously, that you could afford a Hellcat and things like that. Where was the shift that you started to say, I can achieve this or I do deserve this because, you know, I grew up not knowing anybody who didn't live paycheck to paycheck. And I didn't know anybody who knew anybody who didn't live paycheck to paycheck. And when you start to try and get away from that, everybody you go to for advice, because you don't have any bigger circles yet, all tell you it doesn't work. It's too risky. Just get a job. But none of them are happy. So sometimes you listen to those people in life or you just think all the people that you have in your circle, that's kind of where you will tap out. There is no like breaking through that. So knowing what you know now and where you are now in life and the things you've had, like, was there a shift or a catalyst or a person that gave you that confidence to do that? No, it was just something like over, honestly, over time. And it was a long time of just constant, you know, reading and, and being around like 
joining in masterminds and being around people that had higher level thinking than I did. So that as well, too, where I could look at things in a different way or listening to other different speakers, like just because we're around people who don't have that kind of level of thinking where we that we want to be at or need to be at, you know, just just going on to YouTube and, and listening to somebody different that can give you that perspective shift. And then like just reading as well too has been a huge huge factor but if there's like one person I don't have just one person I just think it's just been the experience over time the people I've had in my life and I keep in my life or as well are just no longer in my life um you know that was the other thing too like um you know I just I just recently got divorced and, and me and my ex were together for 12 years and he was, we were together during all those times with my health and everything else like that. And then once I started getting better and, and whatnot, uh, just things weren't going right and it wasn't flowing very well. And it got really bad. And I, I did everything that I could and, and whatnot. And then it ended up being to where we, we separated. And then after that, we just realized it just, it just wasn't working. And we ended up going and filing divorce. But I, even after like, after that part had happened to things, a lot of things started transitioning and shifting to where like, bam, that next year, that's when I did over, you know, that, that 1.5, or not, excuse me, over, I did close to closing 1.5 uh, million in, in sales uh, for, for the, for that other company. That's when I got the Hellcat. That's when I got the pool. Ryan Stuman, when I, when I first met Ryan Stuman, I, I flew, I flew with him on his private jet. Like I've never had any of those experiences before. So not only too, it's not only who you surround yourself by, but it's also could also mean who's actually in your life and influencing you that you might need to, to honestly let go. And it, it's, it's hard, but things have been much better since. And like now him and I are, are much better friends than we were ever before when, when things were, were getting pretty rough and bad. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesale, or fix and puts, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. Okay, well, I'm sorry you went through that, but I'm glad that you have found a positive in that. And obviously you're, you've, you've been through worse in your life and you know, you're definitely not a quitter. So I love that. And you, you remind me of, I'm, I'm going to butcher this completely, but a good friend of mine in June recently told me a story. I'm, I'm definitely going to mess this up. I'm going to have to edit this whole thing out. But it's, it's something along <laughs> the lines of like, you know, she's from China and she was talking about like a proverb about like monkeys in China and how they catch them. And she's like, they come over with like a, a box of peanuts and the monkey reaches its hand in for the peanuts. And then they kind of the just, paw. so it is, it's, they leave it there and then they keep trapping them. And all the monkey has to do to not get trapped is to let go of the peanuts and it just does it. And then other ones start reaching and it's like the thing that's hurting you is the thing you're holding on to so hard. If you just let go a little bit, 
you have your freedom and people do that with like their money and their credit and their spouse, like all just in life. It, it, there's something when somebody hears that they go, that's me, I'm holding on to X, but it's true. Like sometimes you think you're holding on to something that's like protecting you and it's really just weighing you down and you don't even realize it until afterwards. So that's, you know, obviously like, like we learn every day as we kind of just get uncomfortable. Right. Yep. <laughs> that's so my- the other part of the whole cold plunge is this like, that's, that's stretching you to, to get uncomfortable, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Cause that's like, that is not a comfortable thing. I, it's, it's like the pictures or you see me in the videos, I look pretty comfortable, but <laughs> it's, it's just the whole thing is too. It's like, am I, how am I going to take it? Like, am I going to sit there and just be miserable about it? Like, no, I'm just going to, you know, relax. It, it is what it is at that, that point in time and make the best of it. You know, and that's why the other thing too, is like with, like I'm, I'm on my second year now with studying stoicism, you know, and that's why like on my wrist here, I have like amor fate, which is, you know, love, love your fate. Cause we're not here just to bear things in life. You, you know, you're supposed to love them and let that feel your fire, either side of things, a good or the bad. So imagine all this shitty stuff happening to you. And, and now that that's fueling you good stuff's happening to you. That's fueling you. So you have a non nonstop ever going flame. You know what I mean? I love that. I think that that's a great outlook on it, you know, and some of the things that you've been around between masterminds and people you've worked with, people you work for, people that work for you, a ton of different successful people, just a lot of them in real estate and stuff. Is there anything now that you're kind of looking? Because I think what people think is they jump between all these different masterminds or they go through all these different coaching groups or they hire all these different trainers and they're looking for something that doesn't really exist. They're looking for some silver bullet or looking for, I don't know if it's something that they think is like the secret or whatever it is to it. And then you start to, at some point, just hear the same things from the same people and realize it's not about what they're saying. It's about what you are or are not doing. And you have to just at some point kind of take it. So overdoing that, is there some sort of common theme or some sort of common message or habits that you see between all the successful people that you've been around now at this point? The biggest thing is, is the consistency. Like you just have to stay consistent with it, good or bad and different, whatnot. You just have to have to have to stay consistent with it. And the other thing too, I wanted to kind of touch upon when you're bringing up masterminds and everything else like that. Like a lot of the people like I know out here is from networking and now it's open again. So nobody has an, no excuses why not to go network, meet up and, and just show your face and, and whatnot and talk with people, you know, be the first one there, be the last one to leave, you know, help out. I mean, that's what I used to do. I used to fly out to, to Texas back when Propelio used to have their events and I would go out there and hang out. Um, and then at the end of it all, I would help out and, and, you know, help them put away stuff and, and do all that stuff. So, I mean, I, I, and I appreciate even more so because you see all that work that gets put into it beforehand and then the afterwards, but nobody gets to see all that. Everybody sees the fun middle part. So. <laughs> yes, I agree a thousand percent, you know, and, and touching on that stuff too, just the habits. I know we've kind of already started getting over these things, but I think exactly like you said, I was, I was literally like next kind of my thing to talk about, which just the consistency and the self-discipline because people will tend to maybe be disciplined or accountable on things that are easier to do. And then they ignore some of the big things. You know, I think that the swallowing the flog or the, the slaying dragons, you do all the little stuff that doesn't matter, but the revenue generating activities that seem harder for us, you don't. And I think it's like you said, just getting the momentum and things there. So as far as business success, I think you are a great example of it because I know, I, I don't know if you eventually stopped doing, but before everything was done virtually, yeah. you were one of the people who was doing 
uh, sales and acquisitions and stuff virtually and being able to stay at home, have a good work environment, hold yourself positive and accountable and get the work done without having to be in an office or without having somebody tell you when, when you had to be. And people don't work that well doing that, especially now that they've been forced to. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience about how you keep yourself accountable and you hold yourself disciplined and create like a good at-home work environment. Because I think people over, overall are going to have to learn how to do that. Yeah. And that's the funny thing with me. I've noticed like I'm more productive at home versus if I'm in the office, because in the office, there's people, there's a lot more distractions going on there because at home, it's just myself. I have it. I have everything pretty much all set up. So I have my water over here. I have tea right here. I even have another backup water here. (laughs) I have a toilet. No kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But that would be funny though. Like I have everything that I basically need you know, for, you know, that, that first few hours, like just right in front of me. So I'm prepped and ready to go. Um, my office is in the front of the house. So everybody else is in the back. If somebody is home or they're also too, like the kids are down the hall, you know, it, and everybody just knows, like nobody comes up here. Nobody comes and bothers me. I like, I do have a door that closes right here, but I don't need to close it anymore. They pretty much know if I'm in here, I'm working, they will leave me be. But before, uh, when I was in the midst of just like getting, you know, my, my daughter used to with me being here, like I would have the door closed and she would literally put notes under the door just so she knew she wouldn't disrupt me because I'm in the middle of something that, she, you know, she would do those things. So I, I believe, you know, having everything around you that you need to, to be able to, to stay focused, um, just just having and setting the expectations up with people that are in your environment, just saying, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to be in my office. If you need me, please text me because I, I, I just need to stay focused. I might be on the phone with a client. I might be doing this or that. I might be writing an email. And I need to be focused in and because I don't know how you are, but I know if I'm in the middle of attempting to type something and then somebody says something, I lose my train of thought. Yes, it's like, 100%. Bye-bye. I don't know. Where <laughs> so, you know, I'm just like, you know, please just text me and I'll, I'll get to it. So I think that's another big thing too, is just setting that expectations up with whoever is in your household. Just, you know, hey, if you need me, text me or, you know, I'll come out at a certain time. That's something else too that could possibly work. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of anything else. I, I don't know. I've just always just been this uber like ready to go. And, and I've never like, oh, it's this time. Like that's when I have to start or stop. Like I just keep going. Like you remember that movie, like Boiler Room? Mm-hmm. You know, are you a piker? Are you watching the clock? Because I never watch the clock. Like the guys would be like, all right, I- I'm out of here. I'm like, Oh damn, it's already that time. Like I'm still <laughs> I'm still going at it. So at the another another good tool of utilization is planning your day. So knowing exactly what are the things that you're going to be doing and what you need to be expecting to do doing that day and how you plan your day would be the night before. So that night before you have you already kind of have everything out. Okay, I'm going to do this XYZ, XYZ, XYZ. Use your calendar. Your calendar is your friend. I promise you. Um and, and I, it is so funny because I had a, a huge calendar using reluctance. Like I would get anxiety just seeing like 
like I don't know if you'll be able to see that. Like a little bit. I see a lot of a lot of stuff on there. Yeah. Yeah. Just seeing a whole bunch of just a bunch of colors and here. If I put it to my face, see now you can see it. There you go. Yeah, a lot of red, a lot of yellow. Yeah, I would get anxiety before seeing all that. I'm like, there's so much there. Oh my gosh. Um, but using your calendar and respecting your calendar and respecting your time is a huge thing. And I have was fighting against that at first. Um, so I'm part of Apex and I actually um, in part of their entrepreneurial group and they have uh, quarterly meetups. So um, one of the gentlemen uh, that was there that was speaking was Thomas Keene and he wrote this book, um, Unfuck Your Business. And he's big on with calendars and respecting, you know, you respecting your time and other people respecting your time and things needed to be on calendars. Same thing too with Ryan Stuman. He talks about that too, having stuff on your calendar. If you're not on my calendar, then, you know, it's, it's just not going to happen. So, but yeah, that's, that's been a huge game changer for me. And it's just even funny. I even just say like, talk about it because I, I literally, I was in the airport in January with a friend of mine. We're both waiting for our flights out. And he's just like, yeah, you gotta start using your calendar. I'm like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't. Now I'm here like, use your calendar, it's great. I'm like, yeah. he would smack me, it would be really funny. But I think that that resistance is a lot of the things that people feel and they let the resistance keep them from doing the things that are going to help them because as uncomfortable as it might be, even if it took you a week to master setting up your calendar, but then that made your whole year better like it's crazy you know it's like i i just was literally doing like public speaking for uh for a real estate um education place and they were saying i was just telling them like these are all the things you need to do ahead of time before you buy a deal so you realize that you have you have to know if you have a good deal or a bad deal before you buy it like play out those scenarios do that work people kind of checked out i was like so you don't want to do the work you just want to buy it and then you'd rather find out later on that you just lost your ass like it makes no sense to me you know like it takes effort to be effortless. So do the due diligence and the work up front. If you're not willing to do that, you probably shouldn't do this business, you know? So yeah. it is a lot of those things. But what you're saying is interesting as well, because I call it like the Tiger King complex that people, when the pandemic first started, I was like learning as much as I could about like the market and CRMs and what are people that know more than me doing and what's going on. And other people were like, did you see Tiger King? Did you see Tiger King? Did you see Tiger King? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. That's why you're my people. Like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm really trying to follow you here. I'm like, is that some sort of like medical cream? I'm no, like, it's, I'm a, it's a Netflix show about some oh. weird Florida tiger thing with, I don't even, I don't oh, even. Is that remember. that dude with that mullet thing and yes. the tiger? Okay. Yeah. Yes. I, the only, okay. I don't watch TV, but the only thing I do and have watched and the only thing I've watched at all this year. And it's the only time my TV had been on was Cobra Kai. And Cobra the is already over. Freaking awesome. <laughs> no, that, that's that's right from there. But like on that's the it. on the days that people or I, I don't know if you dealt with it at some point when you first started, but like not wanting to sit down and make the calls or being intimidated by the list of making the cold calls or following up on the leads. What kind of stuff do you tell yourself when you don't feel like doing stuff? That's funny that you even bring that up. Uh, but two things. One, I am a can I swear on this? You could do whatever you want, girl. Okay, it's your cool. time. I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm attempting to be as respectful here. <laughs> uh, so, okay. I am a weird ass motherfucker. I don't mind doing cold calls and I've read so many books and they're like, Oh, you just haven't made enough cold calls. Blah, 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 blah. Like nobody likes them. Like I don't mind them because it's part of the fucking process. I mean, how are you going to get better? 
at times is like you do the cold calling and then you like you just build this alligator skin and you're not worried about somebody tells you to fuck off or whatever like I don't get butt hurt I actually feel bad for people when they get that upset on the phone because I asked if you want to sell your property (laughs) I'm gonna pray for you like seriously is this like it's it's so weird to me but yeah no like I said I'm weird I I'm very, very different than most people. I don't mind those things. Um, But back to the other part of things, when you talk about when you don't feel like doing shit and it's really funny you even like bring that up because that was actually a post I wrote about today. Nice. So at times, and and I really love Joe Rogan's quote. I don't know if if you ever heard him say, you know, hey, if I waited to feel like I wanted to go work out or go to the gym, he's like, I'd just be a fat fuck. Yes. You know, it's just, and then I had also quoted in regards with like Ryan Stuman, like you can act your way, you can act your way into a feeling because you're not going to always feel your way into action. Boom. That's your quote for this episode right there. I love that. <laughs> it's not mine. It's Stuman. <laughs> well, I heard you say it. So I'm quoting you. <laughs> oh, okay. So I just, I just really, I, I love that because honestly, that's how I fucking felt this morning. I woke up, I was just man. And that's what I posted about. Like, on my Facebook post, I'm being real about it. Like not all freaking days. I'm like happy and sunshine and rainbows coming out of my butt. I mean, it's never coming out of my butt, but still it's just <laughs> expression. But still, I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to read my stuff. I'm going to read my Proverbs. I'm going to go do my cold plunge. You know, I'm going to go ground. I'm going to do my energy work. Like there's a lot of things that I do in the morning. I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And I feel like it. I don't know what the hell was wrong at that point in time. It didn't matter, but I know what I needed to do. And I just had to just get over the whole uh, feelings, poo-poo, and just move forward and just freaking focus on what I needed to focus on. I think that's uh, amazing. I think that's something to be said for just creating those routines. So in the days that you're like, why do I feel like this? What do I do? You get to kind of just go on autopilot and get yourself back into, oh yeah, that's right. Because at some point, you know, like I, I, I flew across the country, I didn't sleep. And then last night, like I took something to go to sleep. So I woke up 10, I was like out of it. But I was like, I have until 12 o'clock because you and I are <laughs> back to what we said on a calendar. So I can't back yep. out of it. You know, it's like, so, and then once you get on, then you have a conversation. I'm like, I forgot that I was even feeling sluggish. Like I'm back, I'm, I'm back on because you go through like the things that you have to do. So I love that you said that because I do think again, just putting the work in to create the routine, that's what will carry you through on the days that you don't feel like you want to put the energy in. It just kind of runs you on autopilot. And the other thing too, I I had put in there is like, eventually it'll just catch up once you start with you taking that action and you thinking about it, you know, this is your day. This is my day. This is your day. Like we get to choose how we want to keep, you know, doing this kind of thing. And so hopefully maybe it'll just catch up. Yes. I love that. So pivoting a little bit to what you do on the real estate side, you've been very helpful for me. And uh, I'm, I'm very big on like, everybody has stuff that they can help with but people don't put enough stock into personality types and communication as far as like somebody will say something and I'll be like, Hey, what color is the sky? And you'll be like blue, but maybe I don't speak that language. Maybe blue doesn't make sense to me. And then eventually you go, Oh, he's not getting it. I'm not just going to keep saying the same thing the same way and louder. I'm going to like, go. let me say this. Let me show you a picture of it. Let me, you know what I mean? So I think you've been good for me in that sense that other people may, might've given me the same answer but you've given it to me in a way that for me, for my personality type or for whatever kind of crazy I am, 
I just soak it in better. I understand it better with the way you communicate with me. So I think finding that fit is really important as a student, but I think being able to identify how to pivot around that for mentees as a leader is important as well. So you've worked on both sides of that. I'd love to hear a little bit about kind of your experiences on like why there's such a high turnover for people, whether it be a culture fit or, or, you know, just, just things like that as far as leadership goes from being a team member and from being a team leader. Right. I think the biggest thing with that part is, is the, is the leadership is that's why a lot of times people leave because you don't have a strong leader because people, a lot of times people are are looking for somebody to look up to, and you're that person that that person looks up to. And if they can't keep looking up to you, then they're going to go. So that's why it's so important that we work on our leadership skills and, you know, ju- and re- realizing that, you know, somebody is looking up to you, whether it be like, you know, if you're a parent, you know, your children are looking up to you, whether if you are in, you know, the, the boss, whatever, you have employees that are looking up to you, you know, and as well, too, as the other thing is that I've noticed that that gets missed at times um, with like the, the leaders and employees and vice versa it is getting to know your people like on a personality level, like literally like really knowing their lives and what's important to them. I think that's something else too that's a bit missing out there is people taking that time to really care in regards of who they have around with them. Because sometimes they're just like, oh, you didn't hit your numbers. And then that's it. You know, it's like, okay, great. Yeah, I didn't hit my numbers. Let's dive into that. What's going on here? Because there might be something else behind the scenes that's not that needs to be addressed. Maybe it's because I'm not showing up being a good enough leader. That's why there's numbers. Maybe there's some personal issues that you know maybe I could possibly help out with. And the other thing too is once you start putting that care and that whatnot with people, they're gonna work harder for you because they're like, damn, that person actually cares about you know about me. They're taking their time out of their day for me versus, oh, hey, you didn't hit your numbers. Why didn't you hit this? Let's go. So I think that's something else too that's missing out there as well is just taking that time with, with your people and in, in investing that time with them as that, that, that kind of like that one-on-one time that, that just being personable. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. I think that there's a certain level of responsibility for being vulnerable at times when it's needed with the people underneath you. And I think too many people need to feel like they are the people that know it all and they don't want to see any kind of cracks in that armor. Whereas I think there's times I can definitely think of where I would have much more appreciated them just being genuine and honest about what was going on. And I, I always do when stuff happens, you know, like there's a, a deal we're trying to close and the guy that I was working with just was like, Hey man, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to take a mental day. Honestly, like I, I need to just chill out. I'm stressed out. Like, uh, and I, I just want to be fresh on Monday. So, and I was like, cool. Like, I appreciate that. I'm sure I'll be there at some point. But rather than just not picking up the phone or making up some crappy story, you just told me like, I just need to take today for me. And I went, cool, man. Awesome. I'll tell the other person who's calling me for an answer the same thing. And they're going to appreciate that. So I think that you just nailed that part of it. It's a really good answer. And sometimes, and this is another thing too, that, that sometimes poo-pooed upon, but sometimes we need to take a fucking break. Like seriously, because we, so many of us, like, you know how I, how my, how I am. Like, I'm freaking go, go, go. 
but also know too, like I'm so go, go, go. But there are times where I will completely, I work hard and I will play hard too. Like, I'm like, I'm going to go. So like, like last year I did a couple of vacations. I went to Mexico. I'm like, I'm turning my phone off. I am not working. I'm like, like, you can call me, you can do all the stuff, but it's nope. Like I, I, I will put my, I put my foot down. The proverbial foot is down because I'm taking that time for myself. So that's something else too. Like everybody thinks, oh, we got to go, 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 go. And when you do that, a lot of the times, like maybe you're still going on it, but you're performing, performing at maybe 70%, 60%. Imagine if you took a little time for yourself. Yeah, there might be a little bit of a dip, but when you come back, bam, look at that. Like you're just going up, like you're 80, 90%. Like I'd rather be more effective taking that time for myself than versus to keep going at that level playing field to where like you're not making much of a move and you're just wasting more time where if you just would have taken that break or two for yourself or your family for just I mean, literally for yourself, like you, it would just do huge. But a lot of people are so worried like, oh, I feel bad. I'm taking time for myself. I got a 24, 7, 74. It's just like. It's, it is needed. It is needed. I mean, even, and I'm not trying to be too biblical here, but I'm like, even in the Bible, there's a day of rest. You know, I mean, one day could be a thousand days. So at least in a thousand days, take that one day. You know? <laughs> so if it be Sunday or, or whatever, but still we need to take the day of rest, recharge to come back, just, just fully amped and off to the races because I can tell you it's much work much better performance wise and everything else I love that you remind me of my buddy Billy Grazzi a biohazard guy jiu-jitsu black belt but I know he's uh you know he, he's, he's been doing a lot longer than me and I remember one of the things he told me was sometimes it's not as important as to know like when to go train jujitsu, it's important to know when not to. And I think that you just nailed that again for being able to go longer and be more successful and efficient. It's the counter answer you would think of like work harder. It's like, don't work harder. Yeah. Work smarter. Yes. There you go. Boom. Speaking of smarter, I think again, one of the things that you're touching on uh, a lot of the time is just being able to know and read people and situations. And there's not always a one size fits all. And I, I imagine that's why you're very successful and what you do on the acquisition side, because you have to be able to read people in situations. And this is something I have this conversation with and like go back and forth with so many different people, but you've been very refreshing as far as like, I know there's scripts and I know people have to follow scripts. It's super important. I'm not devaluing those at all. I use them, but there's also a point where you have to not follow the script and you have to know kind of where to do that, where not to do that, what's important, what's not important. And I think being able to do that initially, it's hard when I tell somebody that I'm trying to train for acquisitions, like you have to follow the script and I listen to the call. I'm like, you're following the script. I'm like, but you told me, you know, so like, it's, it's kind of like, what do you do? So I'd love to hear you talk about that before we wrap up. Okay. So I, I do, I do enjoy scripts, but I'm more important. I like it better that you're hitting these main points. So it's just like when you're getting into that motivation of things and you're asking, okay, you find out, all right, why they're looking to sell. Now you're starting. Then the next thing is you need to take it to that next level. So now you're asking those impact questions, those Socratic questions. So now you're digging in like, all right. So the, 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 the easy one is always downsizing. So when you say downsizing, what do you mean? And now you're really getting into somebody's situation there. And this, that's why you want to use those impact questions to find out what's going on. And then from there, 
like stories can just start happening there because like now there's talking about emotions and stuff and and letting somebody giving them that time to talk because sometimes they just need somebody to talk to but you have to be it you have to control it too so i've seen a lot of times where where people will get on the phone and they'll be talking with them and and they're just they've talked to them too, too long. You'd like, you need to bring them back into the situation. Um, everybody is different. I'm just very, I'm very glad and thankful. Um, I mean, I've had a lot of different experiences in my life to where a lot of people that I talk with and I can find out or figure out a way in some way or shape or form to be relatable to the situation that they're going to through. I mean, literally like when I say that, like, think about this way. All right. How, how can you be relatable to a divorced man? Easy. So, you know, I have a lot of respect for you, sir. My stepfather, when he and my mother had gotten divorced, you know, I ended up living with him and she took him through the ringer, you know, and that's what a lot of these divorced guys are dealing with. So I've had a lot of my life experiences that were really kind of shitty. Like now I'm able to utilize those in conversations. So that's where I've been very grateful and thankful now for a lot of those situations because a lot of those times, and I don't mind talking about it on the phone with people and I don't mind opening up about it, you know, like, like the car I had. Like, I remember I, I told somebody about that and I heard somebody in the office heard me talking about that. Yeah, like, is that real? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not, there's no reason to BS. So um, I kind of got off of this, your initial question. So you do repeat it again. No, you did. You nailed it. You're talking about the fine line between when to follow the script and when to abandon the script. Okay. I just want to make yeah. sure I'm, I'm answering your questions, right? I'm just like, wait, that's kind of it. But no, you were nailing it. You were saying more about like just making sure you're hitting the key points and getting those topics. And I think you're right. I think the scripts initially probably help people understand those, but when they get some experience of understanding with their personality, how to do that, you know, like I, I get people all the time, they go, Hey man, like watch this video. This is how I close this person or how I did that. And I'm like, that worked great for you. Way. Yeah, that would never work for me. If I said it like that, it would sound insincere, unauthentic. Like so, but I understand where you were going with that and how you got to that. I just need to find my own way to yeah. get there. So you know, I like that. I guess it's a little bit of like a personal GPS of like understand where you're going, but take your own way to get there. Just make sure you get there, right? Yeah, and then as well too is like being able to pivot in the situations and with those those certain type of personalities. So if I'm dealing with like a, a a person who's like very just like on top of it, like mis like a red personality that is like straight to the point. Whoop, that's what we're going. That's our conversation. We are going to be straight to the point. I'm even going to change my tonality. You see how I'm talking right now? These are, this is how I would actually talk with somebody who was that red style. Now, if it's somebody who's a bit more just they want to chat a little bit, they're kind of warm and friendly. Again, changing the tone our tone is so huge in this it's so huge and being able to just kind of mirror how that other person is and as well too is like if you're able to do that with them you're you're subconsciously with that other person they're like wow I like that person for some reason because you're you're jiving right along with them so that's another thing huge too as well like yeah oh yeah you gotta do it this way like no because it doesn't always work because not all people are the damn same everybody is different like you can't be pushing people to 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 sign um documents like that day if they are like hey i literally need to pray about it you need to respect some people's way how they this is the other thing too is understanding their point of view understanding how they view the world 
Because as long as I know that, then I will know how to be able to close on that person, on their style. Because if I go in there hard-nosed, hey, yeah, you need to get this signed today. I only have the next 24 hours, da, 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 da. and this person needs, to, needs that day or two to actually think about it. They have to pray about it. Like this is their process. As long as I know what their process is, and that's because I've already asked them before prior, you know, how, how do they make the decisions? So now I know, like, I don't have to be calling them all the time or every, hey, did you make that decision yet? No, 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 no. Be respectful. Sometimes these people do need that time. Other times, yeah, they need a swift little kick in the hiney and they're like, all right, Bob, you know, this is going to be the best thing for you at this point of time. I'd love to, to be able to do this for you. You know, you're going to be able to sell the house. You'll be able to go to Vegas, have the time of your life. Let's just get this started. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan Lamagna. Dan Lamagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real Mackenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He's played all over the world and he's also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-632-0585 for your free online drum lesson. And that's the other thing too, is like when you are having these conversations with people is the active listening and making sure you are paying attention, but also to asking those questions where, from where they are to where they want to be. So like, you know, he knows like this house is a shithole. He wants to go be in Vegas. So now we're stretching that gap and you're increased that urgency because you've asked those questions, you know, where he is, you know, where he wants to go. And hitting on both sides of those things and having him saying that stuff too. We don't want to be filling in those things because not everybody is going to believe what you or I say, but they are going to believe what they say. So that's why it's important where we ask these questions and shut the fuck up and let somebody talk. But when they're talking, making sure you're paying attention and listening because they are giving you clues. They are telling you how they feel about something. They are telling you what is their pain or pleasure point. So basically, when you get to that part to where you're going to give them where they qualify at and everything else at that and painting that picture for them, like, hey, you know, this is what you're going to be able to do, da, 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 and you're, you're going to feel this and that. Because you already have all that because they told you that don't add in your own little flavor and all this other stuff. Don't do that. Do what they've already told you. And you already you're telling them that because you're actually paying attention. You have to write freaking notes, you write the notes like, literally, I am surrounded by paper <sighs> and pen. And even like I've got my digital notebook, like, uh, there's no BS here. Like, I, I'm a, a habitual note taker. But I will hear and notice certain things. And that's what has really helped me um, it, with my career uh, as far with closing and everything else like that too. 
I think that that is outstanding information. And I echo a lot of those things, the personalities and knowing how to like listen more instead of talking and adjust and like let them repeat things back is something I always work on with my acquisitions guys, but like old school sales guys and girls, they just, well, I know I say this and it's, they don't know how to adapt. So they might get some people, but they won't get everybody. Not that everybody will, but I think those things are so key and so important. So if anybody listened to that, you should probably rewind it and listen to it again, because I think that that was something that was invaluable information that not enough people take into consideration. You know, and again, that's what makes you a great coach. So pivoting now to what we were kind of talking about before we signed on is you're now taking on some clients, only a few on the sales side of this, because there's been people that have just been asking you for years, just like myself and know your value there. So talk a little bit about where you are now with that. And it's kind of a new chapter in your life, but I'd love to hear a little bit about it, what it is and how people can work with you. Okay. So it's kind of a, a funny story here. I asked my business mentor, I'm like, Hey, how can I work on this whole like scarcity mindset? He said, start saying yes to opportunities. I'm like, okay. So February, somebody reached out to me yet again. Like, hey, would you be open to doing coaching for our team? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and, and so we, we got together, we figured some things out and it just kind of really just snowballed from there. Uh, long story short, uh, I've started doing, um, doing the coaching. I am only working with, uh, with 10 clients and my approach is this, and it's a bit different. Um, it's like that Jerry Maguire approach. Like I am about in regards with personal attention and my people getting results. And I only, and so how I have it set up is it is a three month commitment. And because it's, it's been, we can, anybody can do, we can see both ways, like in that quarter, is this something that's working for both of us? Cause that's the whole thing too. I, I don't want it to be all me or all them. Like, is this working? Are they getting the results? Cause a lot of times too, when, when you get these, these coaches and stuff like that, they're having you do six months commitment. They're having you do a year long commitment. And, and then like in the middle of it, you're like, oh, you know, I, I don't really care for this or Ugh, I'm in this group coaching thing. You're not really getting that personal attention for you and your company. And, and that's something I see that that's that was needed because a lot of people are all getting pushed into the group coaching thing because you can get more, you know, you can get more money that way. It's not about that, that personal attention and about, you know, just you and your team getting those results and just somebody just really focus in on you and your people with doing that. And, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, yesterday, I uh, talked with somebody. I just met them in, in January and at, a, at an event, barely talked with him. Uh, but he started following me on IG. He sees my little, little sales tips. Um, he sees my dedication and my focus with, with other things in life and my discipline. And he's like, Hey, you know, I want you to, you know, I want to, I want you to work with my team and such. And we talked about everything and I, I ended up having a, another client as of uh, today. So, and I have, uh, I have somebody else who's ready to start next month. I mean, literally I'm almost full, like, <laughs> and I haven't even put anything out there as of yet. Uh, like literally it's just like, and that's also too, is just like, well, that that's meant to be like when things just happen to you and for you and those kind of things, I believe like that you're in your zone and in your, in your flow. And that was like, as odd or funny, however you want to say it is, it's, it was, it's, it's my calling and I enjoy the hell out of doing it. 
too. And the other thing is I'm not only just doing like just the, just the calls and the coaching, like some of the things I do offer is a bit more specific to, you know, an owner's needs where it's like most people just only have it. It's just this one certain thing and that's it. Like I'll actually do a consultation with somebody. I'll find out their different pain points and, you know, let's see. Can I, can I uh, assist in, in filling those gaps where, where some people are having those pains? Like CRM systems, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a super ninja with it. I don't know how that happened. Like literally, I mean, Podio, I know the ins and outs of it. Now FreedomSoft, I know the ins and outs of it. Like I just really just go in there and, and literally make it my bitch. And it, <laughs> and that's what I tell people too. Like when you get into something new, like just dive into it, like start like not attempting to break it, but, but test things out because you're never going to know if you don't, you know, you don't make the attempts at it. And I had, I almost said try. And one of my guys always know how I, how I am with saying the T word. I always used to tell them, take the T out your mouth, you know, <laughs> I even have a, a little sign over here. Um, I don't know. Uh, here we go. Hey, no, no. Oh, Yoda. Try. There you go. I see Yoda. There you go. Do or do oh, not. Oh. There is no try. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote you on that as well. You're gonna say no, it was Yoda's quote. I'm gonna say no. I heard it from you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I have like Yoda. Damn it! I hate when it does that. I got you. I see Yoda there. Yeah. Boom. There he goes. Yeah. Just put it to my face. So I have that everywhere. I'm I'm nice. a bit of a Star Wars nerd. I'll admit it. Because I mean, if you even see my keychain, I've got Vader on it. So all I've got is my Vader, is my Vader, and the key to my house. <laughs> so that's all I have on my keychain. I always thought it was so funny when people have like a million keys on their. I'm like, why? Yeah, now I'm with you on that, and I, I can uh, I can back up that. I will say you definitely enjoy what you do, and you definitely give people the personal time. I won't say how you did it with me, so your people don't start blowing you up but there was times that it was not your responsibility to have a conversation with me and I reached out and you were super nice every time about giving me time that you probably didn't have and didn't make me feel like you were kind of just giving me a generic answer just trying to get me off the phone you generally helped me and I very much always appreciate it so I'm a big fan of you professionally and personally I very much like and respect you and I always have appreciated and respected the fact of the way you communicated with me and the way you always kept it real so if people are looking for a coach that that works for I can definitely say that I can put my seal of approval on the experience I've had with you well, I appreciate that very much oh. definitely so people that want to connect with you what are some of the best ways uh, social media websites like talk about how people social so social media um i'm a so I, I it's kind of funny how i use both of them differently so i on the facebook like i'll post like every morning just kind of like what's going on of, of different things um so that's sonia ray and then on the insta uh it's sonia ray and it's S-O-N-J-A-R-A-Y, and it's 129. That's my birthday. I just kept it that way. I was like, I did it. <laughs> what was that? I'm the, I'm the fifth. I'd say we're right there. We're like this close. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, 129. And I was just like, you know, oh, I could change it to be like the real Sonia Ray or, you know, the, you know, the authentic closer or, or whatever. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep it. Sonia Ray one two nine because there's people out there they got the little blue seal with with it being like that too, you know. And on there, like um, on the Instagram, I do the that's where I'll do have the the reels on there for the sales um, 
for sales, different sales tips and stuff like that. And that those reels were actually me um, training the VAs how to be closers and, and everything else like that. So it's not me faking like I'm talking to somebody. I am literally just filming me while I'm in the process of, of doing a, a live training with somebody there. So so I've got that on there. And then also to a lot with the um, with the cold plunge. Uh, I'm doing live hard. I'm doing the live hard program. So I just finished 75 hard back in February. I'm doing phase one right now. So I'm on day five and uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. That was, that was a big accomplishment there was the 75 hard because I That's attempted amazing. that uh, a year ago back and um, it landed me um, um, pretty much a uh, bedridden for a couple of days because it was it was really hard on my kidneys and, and everything else like that and that's just only due to the lupus and such but I've learned how to to make things a bit better because I just kind of really went at it really hard uh the first time and my body just wasn't used to it and it just did not like all that lactic acid and it was like nope <laughs> Like we're putting you down. So yeah, that was fun. So, and there was times too, honestly, when I did 75 hard uh, this, this year, like there was a picture when I was finally done on the last day, like me on the floor, that was me. Literally, that wasn't like a, a picture posing moment. That was literally, I was on the floor. I, I just, I had nothing left in me. Literally. I was just like, I'm done. I'm so done. Cause there was times where I would have to I didn't have to, I chose to, you know, just to finish up the, that, that task. I had, I had no more energy. I had barely any energy left and I was crawling on the floor just to finish things and just to get it done. So. I love that. I find you authentic, inspirational, awesome. And I love all the things you're doing. You obviously take no excuses. You don't take the easy way out on anything. So your discipline, your self-accountability, and all of it across the board, I think a lot of people can learn a lot from you. So I appreciate you coming on and bring your A-game to this interview like you do with everything else. Is there any final thoughts before I let you go? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on as always. It's always great to connect with you. All of the ways to connect with you as far as your social media and everything will be in the show notes. So for people listening to this, definitely reach out to her. You also awesome. Thanks you so much. Sonia Ray, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah.